What's going on, Baseline Times fans? It is Chevy here. I am back for another NBA episode, uh, but this time we are actually premiering on a new name. Um, There is a new movement here in our history, uh, so to say. And this is the first episode of our new podcast that's going to be NBA-related for, you know, uh, now until sometime in the future when we decide to change our name again but um in all honesty here to be upfront and transparent with our fans we are going in with a new name just for branding reasons and also for reasons such as uh giving you guys a fresh look going into the new year uh for the basketball season so it's an officially a new basketball season in a sense we have an off season we're going to talk about here in today's episode uh but without further ado let me not forget the name uh, I present the Shoot or Pass podcast, so we are officially Shoot or Pass. We're coming at you, uh, formerly known as Three in the Key podcast, so uh, that was a journey for us. That was the first podcast to start this entire process. It started up baseline times. Um, it helped start up baseline times, at least, and um, definitely um, we're here to be progressive and, and change the sports news out there for you on the digital airways. Um, but yes, now that I've given, given out that news, now that we have the new name announced, um, we'll go ahead and just kind of introduce my guest today and co-host and our Boston Celtic correspondent, uh, Matt is back. Hey Matt, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. How's it going? I am doing fantastic, man. I'm definitely excited that you're a part of episode one. Um, couldn't be more happier than to have a Boston Celtics guy on here (laughs) with all that's gone down the last week for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Love the name change too. Yes. Uh, so a lot of our colleagues here, we definitely thought very long and hard, saw what was available. Uh, Shooter Pass was the name, and um, we're more excited to move forward with that name. So uh, thank you guys. Uh, moving forward here in this episode to open up uh, a, a new off season, a new podcast. Uh, we'll talk some players with new teams, some you know rosters with new faces. Uh, couldn't be more perfect and ironic enough. Uh, so Matt and myself, will go over a lot of the free agency, uh, changes that have happened, uh, the agreements that have gone down the last week or so, um, uh, it's been less than a week and it's, wow, the landscape of the NBA has completely changed. Um, we're seeing a lot of West coast players tend to be in the top 15 now, uh, players that's out there in the NBA. Um, so Matt, you know, just kind of jumping in here, you know, right off the bat, uh, we, we'll definitely share our opinions, you know, for some of the free agent signees here uh, or the contract agreements. Uh, we'll start with Golden State, man. Um, the champions this year, the rich get richer, as we kind of see here. Um, what an amazing job they did in the finals, but also this offseason. Um, and, and, you know, in my opinion here, they lock in their their core four, their four all-stars. Uh, Steph Curry, the the biggest contract in NBA history um 201 million over five years super well deserved well deserved um right behind him 
Right behind him, by the way, is Kevin Durant, uh, two-year, $53 million deal. Uh, supposedly, he is estimated to skip out on $9 million uh, that he potentially could have made if he was offered the max and signed it, but that gave a little breathing room to uh, sign, re-sign Andre Iguodala, in fact. Um, you know, so what, what are your thoughts here about just how this, this is going out? I mean, a lot of people say Kevin Durant might have been the better player, you know, the second best player arguably in the NBA, but he definitely hasn't paid like it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Steph Curry. I mean, I'm a. You got, I was one of the guys who wasn't a huge fan of uh, his move last year to Golden State, but when you hear him kind of how much he is about the team, things like that, I mean, it was really important to him, obviously, to get Iguodala and Livingston back, and they've got enough room to now go get go get Swaggy P and uh, I'm trying to think of who else they they brought Amari on. Caspi. But, yeah, that's right, Caspi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean. He's he's lived up to his word. He wants to win, and he's he's if you're he's willing to give up nine million. I mean, I know he's making it all back in that Nike money, but you got to kind of applaud him, pat on the back. Yeah, I, th- I think it, it was interesting because a lot of people we all sit around and we're like we're speculating, like wow, like how can a guy just give that that much money? Everyone's selfish, you know. Why would you want to give up that much money? But the, the reality is hitting hard for a lot, you know, a lot of people who are naysayers and and just kind of doubting the fact that this would happen, and. and looking at it you're like hey you know they've got these two guys Kevin Durant obviously might have a little bit more of a skill in a sense uh you know he can score from anywhere on the floor I mean not that Steph Curry can't but you know he's just that good for a seven footer uh yeah. and that's a, a guy you'd would hope to, to pay like he deserves but I, I think a lot of people kind of said those things about KD you know Curry well let's see what they'll do this offseason Lo and behold, uh, Steph Curry's the breadwinner here out, out of this offseason. Um, yeah, it's funny. I, that's I, great. I, I think Steph Curry's the breadwinner, but I think every guy, even in that locker room, they know that KD's KD's KD. KD's yeah. the best player on that team. Right. Uh, I think it's he's at such a place where he's at such a he's such a dominant force in the NBA now. I mean, he's got to be top two. You even heard guys like Paul Pierce say he's the He's the best, best player right in the NBA during the finals. I mean, that's a little bit too strong right now. It's it's definitely still LeBron, but yeah, I don't think I don't think KD. I don't think it's like he, stuff is the bread where I think KD knows that, and everyone on that team knows that KD's the man when it comes down to it. No, no, hands down, and I agree with that. And that's a, I think that's an incredible part of the compromises that they've made in that locker room and the culture that they've you know built there. And you know when they say strength in numbers, I mean they certainly mean that. Uh, you know, Kevin Durant, $9 million less. Um, you know, in his 2017 so far, you know, Forbes is ranking him at making about 60 mil. Uh, Curry's only made about 47 mil before that Supermax contract. So, you know, Durant kind of already is out ahead of, you know, Curry based on the Nike endorsements and the other endorsements that he has. Uh, so for him to say, hey, look, $9 mil uh, isn't a big deal for me. And uh, we'll, we'll keep this rolling forward. I think that's that's an incredible compromise that uh, we're really seeing. And, and <laughs> truth be told, you know, for the other NBA teams, league, league GMs and uh, owners, it's like, man, these guys really are selfless. They're not selfish yeah. at all. Uh, just wow. I mean, that's that's nice to see. I, I wasn't a fan of the move, obviously, uh, as yourself. And uh, some of the things here was that, you know, sometimes we mm-hmm. underestimate how well that these this team can kind of, you know, stick together um but yeah they must be a, it must be a pretty nice luxury in life to be able to just walk away from nine million huh uh, i mean yeah 
of like course. To, to you and I, it's like uh, it, we don't as fans, you don't think about it like that. But if someone was to put nine million in front of us, I mean, come on. I don't think yeah. anyone's walking away from that. I mean, I mean, hands down, I, I think that that's that's a big, big, you know, sign of what this team is about. So, you know, shout out to the Warriors, man. I think that that's nice that they were able to kind of get that compromise from all of their their core. Then, you know, they get Ingadala back on the bench. Uh, they go in and they're able to get a hold of, you know, two a couple great, you know, decent shooters um, for off their bench. And I mean, those guys are gonna be gonna be open. I mean. Yeah, yeah. It'd be something I can, if, I mean, I don't know if this is good. I'm sure Swaggy B will kind of adapt to the Warriors culture, but if just watching maybe Steph, Clay, Draymond, and KD stare at at Swaggy B as he (laughs) takes contested 35 footers would be awesome to me. Like that, there would be nothing that would be better television to me than them them four just staring at him like they want to kill him as he he chucks it up from near half court. Yes, I I think that. Kevin Durant's tweet summed it all up. You know, that Swaggy P <laughs> picture where yeah, he got I saw turned that. around. That, that, I think that sums it up for sure. And, you know, those guys seem like, they, you know, they're, they're glad to have them on board too. So, um, yeah, the only, you know, player from that championship team at this point, JaVale McLeary, is still kind of visiting with teams last. Rumor has it he'll be meeting with the Sacramento Kings. So, I mean, you, you kind of go down him in a sense, but uh, you still have, uh, Zaza Pachulia, you can um, go ahead and keep on with the team. Uh, David West, you know, he resigned. So, I mean, these guys just want to win, man. I think yeah. it, it's, it's, no, a, I can't knock them for that. It's, it's, it's something that we, we have to believe now that they're, they're here. No matter what, we're going to figure out the money. We want to stay. We want to make this. I mean, down the road, um, the penalties will kick in. They'll have to pay luxury tax. Uh, but, you know, that franchise is worth, about a couple billion now, according to some of the sources yeah. here. So, uh, shout out to the Warriors there. Uh, so that that's definitely one of the um, biggest moves. Um, one of the other, you know, big free agents was was Blake Griffin. Uh, he did go ahead and remain with the Clippers on a max deal. Uh, that's five years, r- estimated, rumored around one hundred and seventy three million. Um, and this comes after the Chris Paul trade. Uh, you know, just last week, Matt, we were actually talking about him meeting with the Suns as a potential suitor, you know, for Blake Griffin. But um, this deal actually went down, you know, same day that the open uh, free agency opened up. Uh, the, the Clippers, though, did get a couple, you know, pieces. They have Bradley. Uh, I'm sorry, um, not Bradley. Uh, they just brought Patrick in Gallinari. Beverly. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Patrick Beverly. Uh, they have Gallinari. Um, so I think they're recovering pretty solid. Uh, not they just team. signed uh, this guy from the European League. He's uh, they said he's like the Patrick Beverly actually played with him over in Europe. He said he's like the the best passer. He Patrick Beverly tweeted out today that I can't pronounce the guy's name, but if he when he walks onto an NBA floor, he will be the best passer in the NBA. I watched a couple of his highlight tapes. He looks like a a European white chocolate type guy. He's, he's pretty fun to watch. I think it's like Milos. Uh, I can't even Telosovic or something like that, but. If you get a couple minutes, watch the highlights. He's a lot of fun to watch. Yes, I will actually use your pronunciation there. I think that's about accurate as we can <laughs> get on this show uh, between us two. But um, yes, uh, I did. I actually caught a couple of highlights off of Twitter, man. And um, yeah, he really does, like you said, look like the uh, European white chocolate. Um, that is definitely a nice, solid pickup uh, if he does pan out here. Um for the Clippers and especially on a team that had Chris Ball being able to pass the ball and move the ball. Um, I think that'll be a nice solid, you know, re- uh, relapse there for them. 
Um, but yeah, they got they got a little you know a little bit better um, than they could have been uh, without Chris Paul. I I would say. Yeah, but to me, it's almost like it's almost like they're in in danger of getting that no man's no man's land where they probably I mean the West is absolutely stacked right now. So yes. you figure they're, they're definitely behind Golden State. They're definitely behind Houston. They're behind the Spurs. Uh, I'm trying to think who else on the top of my head. Uh, they were the four seed last year. Um, I don't know. Obviously, Utah was five. Utah got weaker. Uh, but, I mean, if they finish in that six to eight range, that's kind of that no man's land where you're you're just praying for a, a miracle draft pick and you're kind of stuck in that range. So I don't know if that's really the best direction for the for the Clippers franchise. And I think Jerry West knows that. he's He might be looking to blow that thing up. Yeah, eventually I, down absolutely. the road. Yeah, I agree with that, and I I think that seeing them now, maybe seven seed at best out west, I don't think they can really you know kind of pass that. If they do, that would definitely be overachieving in in my opinion. Um, but yeah, definitely that loss of Chris Paul hurts a little bit there. Uh, and then you know DeAndre Jordan could be uh, a trade chip. You know if if Jerry West wants to go that route mid season, um, sure surely his services could be you know somewhere else on a contender, um, or make a team better defensively. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's crazy to think that as a professional basketball player, he's still this bad at shooting free throws. His value, his value would be through the roof if you could play him at the end of games. But oh, yeah, you can't. Course. It's like it's one of those things where it's like if you spent if you just treated it like a job, you spent ten, like nine hours a day shooting, you'd figure eventually he'd have to. Right. You'd have to figure it out. But. Right, right. No, that's what it is. Absolutely agree with that one there. Um, some of the other uh, free agent signees here that we have. Uh, we did go um a little bit into Zach Randolph last week on our last episode. You know, some ideas floating around, maybe going to the Warriors. But uh, interestingly enough, him and George Hill uh both are headed to the Sacramento Kings. Uh, so the Kings now have a couple of veteran guys there in, along with uh, Darren Fox, uh, their draft pick, in uh this year's draft. Uh, any thoughts about the Kings um and the direction they're yeah. headed? I, I'm a big Zebo guy. I mean, I think he's a great locker room guy. He uh, he did a ton of off-the-court type charity work when he was in Memphis. They already even tweeted out already that no one else is going to ever wear 50 for that franchise. Yeah. So he's a good guy to a good guy to have in your locker room. Um, I don't really get the George Hill uh, the George Hill signing. Um, they're nowhere near competing for anything at all. So why not let De'Aaron Fox play as much as he can? You know, uh, just get the kids out there you're going to be terrible regardless. Um, just, you know what I mean? Get those kids experience and 31 year old George Hill. He is what he is. He's a above average point guard. He doesn't, he doesn't get, make you a playoff team. He doesn't really make you anything. So I don't really get, I don't get that signing, but I do like the Zebo one, at least to come in and try to change that terrible Sacramento culture. Right. No, and that's another one I agree with. I, and that's the thing that confused me too, as well. You have the, you know, Darren Fox, uh, you draft him, you sign George Hill, uh, you know, coming off the books here uh, for you, you, you know, you only, you know, uh, looking at Buddy Heald, uh, he's, you know, signed for that 17-18 um, season, so he's another guard there. Um, they have Macklemore restricted. I mean, for me, if it was me, I would have, I, I think I would have re-signed Macklemore and not George Hill, and maybe Macklemore finally pans out, maybe not, but I mean, right. you're not winning anyways, so. Yeah, that yeah that that is definitely an interesting move there. Um, and, and again, I the, hopefully in, I think George Hill is a starter in this league. Uh, I know injuries had kind of hurt him in Utah this year. 
Um, but he he might be a guy where they just slowly kind of let him show you know Fox the ropes and say, all right, you know Fox yeah. kind of needs to take over. He'll you know here's what we kind of signed you for. Uh, maybe the money for him was was good enough to kind of be a mentor at this point in his career. Um, definitely not headed anywhere close to a championship in <laughs> Sacramento. So, uh, you know, we'll see definitely how he kind of pans out there. Um, but yeah, I'm happy for Zebo, man. Definitely uh, one of my favorite players, you know, watching him uh, play a physical big man game, but still being able to kind of shoot that mid-range jumper. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Definitely putting a lot, a lot of work for Memphis there. It's very unfortunate, you know, that they weren't able to, to get to a finals or you know compete much during his tenure, and especially with you know Mark Gasol being there. Um, but yeah, kudos to you, Zach Randolph. Um, and as as we kind of continue on here with the Western Conference, uh, Matt, you know, looking at a few of those teams, the Minnesota Timberwolves definitely major upgrade in my opinion oh, this yeah. season. Um, you know, obviously we talked about the Jimmy Butler deal on draft day, uh, mm-hmm. but they went ahead and they were able to capture Jeff Teague away from his potential suitors and also uh, the Indiana Pacers. Uh, so he agreed to a three-year, fifty-seven million deal with the Minnesota Timberwolves first day of free agency. Um, and I like that move. I really do. I do too. And I'm I'm also I am captain, secretary, vice president, whatever of the Ricky Rubio hater club because I think he's <laughs> he's one of the most overrated players and that that I've seen. I mean, oh, people he, he can't shoot. He's slow. He, he people always talk about he's a great defender. He just gets steals. Really, uh, he's slow. He is a great passer. I can't. I'll never take that away from yeah. him. But I mean, he I mean he's a lot of fun to watch. But I think him being that fun to watch is what leads people to overrate him. Jeff Teague is a much, much, much better player than Ricky Rubio. I, and I, th- go ahead. I, I think I, I like, I like Rubio just because the fact of the guy with 16 playing against team USA's redemption team. And <laughs> I really wanted to root for him. Cause I'm like, Hey, this, this kid, he was like one of those European players that you knew was like, Hey, yeah, he's headed to the league and he's actually 16 playing against LeBron James and Carmelo and Wade. Uh, you know, but beyond that, I actually kind of rooted for him because, you know, I thought that he could pan out as a great passer, great point guard. Uh, his, you know, his defense never really was all around great. Um, but he makes the exciting plays. You know what I yeah. mean? He gets he gets steals. He has he throws beautiful assists, but he just he just never really developed. I think into he had so much hype coming in in that 2007 draft. He did. Um, Absolutely. And I just I don't think he ever really fulfilled it. And I don't want to say he hindered the Timberwolves, but um, I don't know if he was the best the best thing for that franchise, especially when you. I mean, obviously you can't criticize him for this, but Steph Curry was taken one pick later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we definitely yeah. That's something that we'll always look at too. And I think part of that part of those Olympics were. You know his his play for Spain kind of built that hype too. I mean the, the kid was so young already. Uh, he you know he was doing some things in that in that Olympic run too that made him look really good. And I think that's he did look part, really really good. There. Part of the hype, that's what happened. You know he got to Team USA, helped that Spain team compete, and then they're like, hey, this kid's headed to the league. Watch out. So yeah, I mean I think that kind of hurt him a little bit down the road and some of the injuries that derailed him in the last few years. Um. 
very unfortunate. But um, you know, speaking of him, he was shipped off um, in exchange for a 2018 first round pick off to Utah uh, prior to the Jeff T trade or uh, sign signing. Um, but they definitely get an upgrade there. I mean, Jeff T is is a great is a great player. Can get his own shot. Um, yeah, I think he's, he's more of a shoot first point guard, but he's a guy that can you know defend. He's a guy that can push the ball for you. Um, you're gonna have Cat. You're gonna have Jimmy Butler. Um, and then Wiggins. Yes, Wiggins flying through the lane. So that, that with those at the helm, that mm-hmm. team is going to be a good defensive team. That is the expectation. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely one of my teams that I'm going to put on my calendar. Uh, when league pass. Uh, you know, when I pay for my league pass, I'm like, hey, I'm watching Timberwolves games, and um, I'm definitely yeah, like a chance to excited. go see them out here in Orlando. But uh, yeah, I, I love what the Timberwolves are doing. Um, and then, by the way, just to kind of cap off, you know, their free agency period so far, uh, Todd Gibson, another former bull joining Th- Thibs and Jimmy Butler. Uh, they, they get they get better. They definitely yeah. get better. Um, Tibbs is Tibbs is like Doc. Tibbs loves bringing his old players back. But <laughs> the difference between Thibs. And dog, Thibs is gonna make some make something happen. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, you're right there. You're right there. Uh, let me ask you this, man. How, how many games do you think the, the Timberwolves might win out west? Looking at you know what they've done so far with their roster, uh, you know maybe good enough to get fifth, fourth seed out out west. Uh, I think it'll be closer to to probably fifth or sixth. Um, I really think that Jimmy Butler. Well, I'm hoping uh, that Jimmy Butler wears off on on Wiggins because Wiggins has all the tools. He's got quick hands, quick feet long arms but he's a horrible defender and it's just lack of interest and if jimmy butler is just not going to let him get away with that if jimmy if guys are blown by andrew wiggins who's an absolute freak athlete jimmy butler will have no problem calling him out for it i mean jimmy butler and Dwayne wade called out their whole team halfway through the season last year right uh i'm really hoping that it's kind of something like that and if that team plays to their defensive potential like you're saying uh wiggins has the potential to be a plus defender uh, cats above can be above average. Jimmy Butler is obviously phenomenal. Um, plus Jeff Teague. I mean, that team is scary defensively and you've got a ton of guys who can get their own shot and create for others. So, I mean, I think fifth or sixth in a stacked Western conference is that's pretty good for a young team like that. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I think fifth is where I'm willing to go ahead and place them at right now. Uh, you know, pending on how they go midseason, I can, I'll always check back in and say, look, this team could probably be, you know, top four if if it gets to that point. Um, you know, they have Diang who will come off the bench. Um, there is Cole Aldridge that they've played a little bit there. Uh, Tyus Jones, you know, he's probably the backup point guard at this point on the roster. Um, I think he's a pretty good backup point guard, though. He had a really strong show in last year, agreed. especially during summer league. Right, right. Agreed, agreed. So, yeah, I think that they have some solid bench players. And then, again, Thibs always has uh, the authority over his players to get the best out of them. Uh, and defensively, they, they'll buy in. Um, I, I think Minnesota definitely has something to be excited about. They've even gone with a new logo. So, um, yeah, they're excited. It's exciting times again. I think last time we were really excited for Minnesota uh, basketball was, you know, years ago with KG. So, um, let Charles Sprewell. Spreewell, KG, and Cassell. I think that's yeah. the last time we really were excited for those guys. But no, this is nice. It's good to see. Um, I, and I like that Thibs kind of brought him some familiar faces. I mean, we know what they can do with Thibs. So, yeah. it, you know, beautiful thing to see there. Uh, so, yeah, definitely the West getting richer, um, you know, with that move there. Uh, kind of hanging back out to the East side. Um, on our side here, Matt, uh, you know, beyond that, 
We are looking at the Bucks keeping Tony Snell. Um, the Sixers and JJ Reddick agreed to a one-year, $23 million deal. Um, very nice move. I like that. Um, trust the process. Uh, I like mm-hmm. the youth that they have. Uh, can't wait to see. Um, I'm praying that they all stay healthy, but Fultz, um, you know, Ben Simmons, Embiid, uh, looking Sarge. forward to that team. Yep, Sarge, looking forward to that team for sure. Um, did you catch the uh, the Woj interview where they were speak? We talked about you just touched on the Bucks. You see, uh, he said the teams are already starting to kind of poke and prod about the Greek freak and seeing what his availability is. Yes, I actually did see that, and I was like, man, this this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I get it, I, I get it. You want to compete, but still, man, I, it's so. I, I felt it was ridiculous. I really did. It's uh, so hard for t- for the small market teams to compete because. It's just one of those things where eventually, like the brighter lights, the bigger stage. It's like I'd say probably what eighty percent of the time it wins out. And to keep a guy like Giannis, they can keep giving him max deals, but eventually, if they're not able to attract premier free agents to play there with them, they're gonna lose him. Right. It's it's almost like heartbreaking for the Bucks because there's not there's nothing they can do. Yeah, I, I think that, yeah, I, and I said this you know last week um, as a Magic fan. Right now, seeing where my team's at, yeah, I don't mind watching super teams while the youth of my team brews and tries to become something better should we have something to build on in the first place but uh when you, yeah when you start to have these small marks with somebody who is going to be star but you know star power in your city and that w- i just shook my head at that that was kind of ridiculous though <laughs> that's that's all i'm gonna say yeah um but yeah, kudos kudos to Milwaukee this season. I think they definitely had a good season. Um, they're able to keep Tony Snell. He was kind of one of their uh, young players. They were able to keep on the rotation there. Um, and they traded with traded from right before the season yeah, started. Yeah, I was so gonna say they de- definitely won that trade absolutely because Michael Carter Williams was atrocious. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, and I mean, Giannis is signed, you know, through the twenty twenty one season, so. The fact that people are prying for him this early in the contract, it's it's funny to me. Um, yeah, it's... it is definitely funny. Um, but shout out to that team, man. Shout out to the Bucks. Definitely excited to see them next year. Giannis is definitely on my NBA league pass to watch. He's um, he's unbelievable. All right, uh, moving through here, just to kind of switch over back, um, and actually, you know, kind of talk about the Chicago Bulls in a sense since they're. You know, in that same division, um, they waive Ray, Ray John Rondo, um, and aren't really making any significant upgrades. Dwayne Wade's kind of quiet on his front so far. He has opted in, opted in to uh, the contract that the last twenty four mil he's supposed to make on the two year deal. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the the Bulls again, another team that hit the reset button here. They're like, you know, screw it, this is it, trade Butler away. Um, so they kind of have um, Chris Dunn now to kind of. Yeah, move the reset button was the was that was the right move for them though. I mean, they were yeah they were never going to compete in the East with the team that they had, and it it was the right it was the right time for them to rebuild. I mean, they they got fleeced on that trade, and uh, I don't know I don't know if um, Dwayne Wade opting in like that helped them out, but they did say that they would they'd buy him out, but he would have to give out give back some of the money. They right. haven't closed what it would be, but if I'm Dwayne Wade, I mean. I'm you're 35 years old. Uh you probably want to win one more, right? You you'd figure? Yeah, you can add number 4, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or 
Yeah, four. I yeah. forgot about that first one add, with Shaq. Yeah. You add number four there and say, hey, look, what's up? You know, I put you up there. I know. I agree with that one there. Um, but yeah, definitely the reset button for Chicago, man. Um, that, you know, also will open the door up for, you know, some other teams that kind of in the East kind of step up and uh, compete. Um, you know, I believe like Charlotte, you know, they acquired Dwight Howard, um, mm-hmm. Amber Walker. We thought, you know, we kind of touched on that trade last week. Um, you know, and, and shout out to uh, actually the Miami Heat. Uh, they officially waived Chris Bosch. Definitely gave him a nice uh, tribute on the web, Twitter, you know, Facebook. Um, his ex teammates, D Wade and LeBron, you know, um, that's definitely one of the unfortunate stories in the NBA. But, uh, you know, much respect to Chris Bosch, um, who probably may not be able to ever play basketball again. I know. Heart, heart goes out to that guy. He, he wants nothing more to keep playing. He's been cleared by independent doctors. The Heat doctors never cleared him. But, I mean, I think that's yeah. probably, probably the right move. Just, just it's uh, kind of – I don't think it's worth it. He's got, he's got a family and things like that. It, it yeah. can't be worth yeah. just to play just to play basketball. He's financially set for the future and everything. So, hopefully things go all right for him, though. Of course, of course. Um, and other, another uh, Eastern Conference team that uh, – did pretty decent. I would say the Toronto Raptors, they actually were able to retain Kyle Lowry and uh, Serge Ibaka. Uh, mm-hmm. The nice part about it is that, you know, Lowry after, I, I, I felt there was a lot of uncertainty with him, especially coming out of that series against Cleveland. You know, he's injured the last couple of games he misses. Um, kind of, they kind of waved the white flag. He comes out the day after and says, hey, I'm, I'm going to test free agency straight up. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, and the Raptors are one of those teams that I think that they're realistically one move away because I think DeRozan and Lowry are kind of are legitimate stars. Ibaka never really developed into that star that I think Oklahoma City thought he would when they chose him over Harden, but if they get one more really solid piece, it can't be another P.J. Tucker-type trade at the deadline. If they get one more big piece, I don't, re- I don't know who it would be, but I think that's a team that could push the Cavs. Uh, they're, they're in some cap trouble too, but... If they could, if they could get one more big piece, I think that's a team definitely to to take consider, take seriously as a finals finals team. Yeah, and, and just kind of following from where we where I watched Ibaka with the Magic, um, I, I think that's that was kind of the expectation for him coming into um, the season. You know, last year was that uh, hey, you know, we want to make you the focal point of this team, uh, and he just never really panned out to be that leader, um, and. Everyone kind of assumed that, you know, Durant, Westbrook overshadow him in Oklahoma City, but uh, I, I agree with that. I, I just, based on what I've seen here, I'm watching for 50-something games as a, as a Magic player, uh, you know, 40, 50 games, give or take, and he just didn't really pan out to be that leadership. So, yeah, I, I think that he will pl- have to play off of what Lowry and DeRozan provide uh, and what kind of distractions, you know, they take away on, on the defense for him to open up his game. Um, definitely, yeah, not a t- not a PJ Tucker trade away from being great. Um, Kyle Lowry resigns for three years. Uh, Serge Ibaka, same thing as well. So they lock those guys up for a couple years just to keep on competing, um, which is nice. And I think you know the shortage of the contracts kind of attributes the amount of money that these players can make. So you know, obviously, if you were to pay him a max deal, you couldn't afford for you know, one or the other in that point, in that sense, um, if you get him a super max deal, I should say. So I think you're starting to see a little bit of that here, by the way, with the free agency. But that that was that was nice for them. They get to retain two big starters there. Uh, they did lose P.J. Tucker, though, Matt, um, to yeah. the Houston Rockets. So he signed 
uh, deal uh, yes, with the Houston Rockets. Um, how do you feel about uh, the Rockets now? You know, they've added Chris Paul, but now P.J. Tucker. Um, yeah, I was looking at I was actually looking at uh, their roster today um, just because I was I was looking at some some Celtic stuff and um, they're really, really heavy in the guard position. Um, I mean, P.J. Tucker, I guess, is kind of he can play three, he can play four. But um, so they're really their only options right now at small forward are, are Trevor Ariza. And then PJ Tucker, if he's not playing four, um, they've got a they've got a good young player. I think in Clint Capella. Did you get a chance to watch him at all last season? Yes, I love. Clint. I'm definitely a Clint fan. Capella is yeah. the man. I feel like he's one of the most slept on guys in the NBA. He's like kind of a a young Tristan Thompson type player. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, but I, I think that. Can. Yeah, I like it a lot. I, I you'd love to see him kind of step out and expand his range a little bit, but. Chris Paul to me is is the this is he's the best pure point guard in the NBA. He's just the way he sees the game, um, things like that. I, I mean, I know he's a lot for teammates to handle because he kind of expects so much out of people. And I know there are reports that Blake Griffin didn't love playing with him, and we'll see how that that pans out with James Harden, who's been known to be a little bit temperamental. But um, I I really think that he's a huge addition and even though they're losing some guys like Beverly, I think that that team steps it up and I think they win close to 60 games this year. And if they can get a guy like Carmelo who gets bought out, I think that they can probably not beat the Warriors, but I think that they'll at least give them more challenge than they got from anyone last year for sure. Yeah. Let me ask you this actually, because the guys kind of gave me a hard time uh, last week that uh, I I believe Chris Paul. uh, So the Rockets won 55 games last season. You add Chris Paul, upgrade over Patrick Beverly. You know, of course, James Harden might have to go back to his traditional shooting guard. Is 60 games unrealistic to say? Five more wins for this team adding Chris Paul? Uh, if See, if you do this last year, I don't think 60 is unrealistic. I think the West is better this year, though. Okay. Um, so That's I think fair. it's probably, I think that they do get better. I think they probably win like 58 games. But I'm going to throw a, throw a number out there. Okay. Um, but I mean, who are who's? They're definitely better than the Spurs. I think that the Spurs are a little bit in decline because I think that Lamarcus Aldridge is starting to age more rapidly than the Spurs would like. Uh, and I don't think teams like the Timberwolves are quite ready to make that jump up into that top tier yet. So I really do think it's almost a two two team race in the West, and I don't see them losing too many too many regular season games as the second best team in the West. Yeah, disclaimer though that. That claim was before uh, the Paul George trade went down, before free agency. But, uh, I mean, I feel that, you know, a high 50, 60 is probably the max I'll probably give them. No more than that. Um, you know, mm-hmm. obviously you said 58. Maybe I can kind of credit you there. But, yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I think that, so, so you know, Marcus and, Marcus and Nate thought that this team was going to be uh, – basically in the same spot as they are this year it's a lateral movement um no but no you way. know even you know adding someone got a guy like pj tucker uh you know pj can knock down the, the three uh he great defender so that's a positive mm-hmm. for them you know you don't have to have james harding guarding uh you know a wing a wing player um and plus the looks will be wide open chris paul will find you so i think pj tucker kind of supplements for what you kind of lose with lou williams uh i you know i I said this last week. I don't think that the um, Rockets are done. 
but we can probably see uh, a trade or two go. I hope they don't lose Capella because I like how he fits in there. Um, yeah. But maybe, you know, Eric Gordon is a trade chip just because he is the reigning Sixth Man of the Year award. Uh, he won that, and um, great three-point shooter. He's gotten his career back, you know, together after a few injuries out, out in New Orleans. So um, I, mean, I don't think they're about, done yet. Think about killer small ball lineups. Imagine if you go Chris Paul, Harden, Gordon, uh, P.J. Tucker at the four, and obviously you're really small through four, and then Clint Capella who can run the floor and move at five. Mm-hmm, right. I mean, th- those are four guys who can absolutely stroke it from three. So, right. I mean, that's a offensively, that's a pretty tough lineup. And all, I'm not going to say James Harden's a, a plus defender and Eric Gordon can defend when he wants to, which isn't always. But, I mean, Chris Paul and P.J. Tucker get after it. So, I don't. Th- I think that would be a kind of a lineup to combat combat that that death lineup that uh golden state likes to play yeah no, no, no i definitely agree with that one there um you know looking forward here as well uh some of the other little miscellaneous signees here uh for us matt we have uh the thunder reaching an agreement with patrick patterson on a three-year 60 million dollar deal um uh, they also were able to retain andre robertson uh robertson excuse me uh the deal that's three thirty million 30 million over three years uh, so Thunder kind of beefing up there a little bit. Um, given a- I really thought he was going to get more than that, to be honest. I thought he was going to be one of those guys that gets like a not a, not quite Alan Crabb money because he can't shoot, but he's going to get. I thought he was going to get close to like fourteen or fifteen a year. But I think that's a pretty good value for the Thunder. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things why he didn't get more money. His shooting is important in today's game. I mean, obviously, <laughs> uh, if you can shoot. Um, and kind of talking about that, I want to bring up Otto Porter because uh, what's interesting enough. Um, a point that, you know, Colin Cowherd kind of made a couple of days ago was that, you know, Otto Porter averages 16 points a game. The last year of his contract, he started to shoot the three ball really well. Um, supposedly now the Nets have offered him a deal around $106 million for four years. Uh, the Washington Wizards said no matter what happens, they'll match. They officially, as of today, have that um, offer in their hands to match. Uh, the deadline is July 8th. So they have the deadline until then to make that decision. But I kind of agree, man. I mean, if Otto Porter averages, what, 10, 10 points a game and, you know, maybe 10, 12 points a game, doesn't shoot the three ball well, um, he's not going to be, you know, offered that kind of money. Um, or, or I'm sorry, actually, the point was, Matt, Otto Porter can average 13 points a game, just doesn't shoot the three ball as he has. Um, and actually, I believe he was shooting, you know, I think he was scoring 13 points a game at least. But let's say he was doing that just by being a great player, being, you know, at the right place at the right time for John Wall, you know, getting the open pass from Bradley Beal or something like that. As opposed to shooting down, knocking down threes, you know. I kind of see that point being valid. And you, that contract, hey, you can shoot the three ball. You pick the right time to learn how to do it. Yeah. There's some extra money. It's, it is wild. It's just the way that the league is now. It's, and it's, I, I saw that segment. It's like this, he called it like this, the Steph Curry effect. And it's, yes. you don't have to be particularly, particularly athletic in good shape, be have an unbelievable handle, anything like exactly. that. If you can shoot the three, you're going to get paid in this league. And that makes sense. And there, to look at a guy like Steve Novak, who had no, if you were to put Steve Novak in the 80s, he would be the worst player in the NBA. Absolutely. By, he's not physical, he's not fast, he can't rebound. But I mean, on those Knicks teams where they won, was that one season they won like 55 with Carmelo? Um, he hit a ton of threes, and it's if you can if you can shoot, there's just there's a there's play, a place for you in this league. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you start off the segment by saying, you know, those guys should send um send uh Steph Curry Christmas card. Um <laughs> but yeah, if if you look at the top three point shooters in the league, uh by you know They all get paid. JJ Reddick, yep, JJ Reddick's getting paid. Paid. That it's 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 true. Absolutely. Um kind of just wrapping up here before we kind of get into our, our, our some of our bigger trades here, the Paul George trade, the Boston Celtics, uh, Gordon Hayward. We'll kind of round out the show with that talk, Matt. Um, the Miami Heat made a couple moves here. Uh, they were able to retain Deion Waiters. He's able to go ahead and get a max deal uh, from them. So a five-year, um, $52 million contract is rumored. Um, so they were able to give him, you know, five years as, as the uh, team that has his birds right. Um, then that's after the fact of losing out on Gordon Hayward, of course. And hot off the press, uh, your boy Kelly Olenek, basically, I know, heartbreaker. He's, uh, he's basically getting a, a four-year, fifty-two million dollar deal, if I'm not mistaken, or fifty million is the rumor, uh, deal. And uh, he is officially uh, going to be in Miami. Yeah, um, I, I like to say shout out to to KO. Go get your money. He was a he's a great Celtic. Uh, not if. You ask anyone in the organization, nothing but good things to say about him. I think Evan Turner is still tweeting about him. Still puts out a, a tweet about KO every once in a while. But uh, happy for him. Happy he got paid. It's a little tough. He's going to the heat, but I got to wish him nothing but the best. Yes. Also, what's coming off the press, Rudy Gay is going to be heading to San Antonio. He oh. is supposedly signed a two-year, 17-mil deal. Uh, so that's pretty fresh here. Um, you know, as as we're in the middle of NBA free agency, and even during the recording of a podcast, we're getting some deals done here. Uh, so that's hot off the press there. Um, that that's actually pretty nice for the for San Antonio. I think that kind of gives it, them a little flexibility there. It's crazy. If you were to guess right now, how how old do you think Rudy Gay is? I want to say thirty one. That's right. But he's that he's one of those <laughs> names that has been in the league forever. That's I true. feel like I've been hearing about Rudy Gay forever. What well, he was in, what was it, Toronto, Memphis, uh, and he's one of those guys who's always been like a 17, 18 points, point a game type of guy, and he, they always talked about potential when he's young because he's such a good athlete. Yes. It just feels like he's been like a B-level free agent, like a backup plan when you miss out on a guy like Gordon Hayward, not saying that San Antonio did, but he's been on that good, right. not great level in the NBA for almost a, forever. It's it's kind of like those you know B list celebrities where they kind of go over to San Antonio and you know pop makes makes it work too you know so uh you mm-hmm. kind of like Paul Gasol you know he's like looking for an opportunity to, to contend and he goes to San Antonio on on kind of a back end of his career so um you know so yeah I could see him doing really well there yeah I think Rudy like Gay is gonna I it's funny I I guess him and you could play small ball with him and uh, Kawhi and that's a yes those are pretty two tough wings to to handle. Yeah, that that that's exactly what I'm picturing right now. You know, kind of thinking what Pop would run there, and you know, you you think about going small now, and I think that's something that the Spurs kind of had trouble with. You know, matching up with the Warriors as well. Um, beyond that, Rudy Gay, uh, Vince Carter is going to be a Sacramento King. So supposedly uh, a one year, eight million dollar deal with Sacramento. So that's also fresh off the press. Um, for Vince, um. I thought he would have went Why, to a contender. Vince? Why? Yeah, I thought he would have went to a contender. Uh, he did say, he came out and said he didn't want to go anywhere where he was not going to ever play. He said he didn't want to sit at the end of a bench. So, yeah. I guess I understand that, but 
he Vince is Vince has never won anything, right? He never won a championship. No, just I know a great dunker. Great, lot. He's got some some slam dunk championship belts at home somewhere. But yeah. go get your ring, Vince. Yeah. If any, he's a, he's a good guy. He's easy to root for. He's like T Mac. You know what I mean? He, those are like the two guys from that era who everyone just loved. Yes, yes, um, yes. He's a Florida guy too. So uh, shout out to Vince. Vince, um, I guess yeah. Definitely want to see him go to a contender, maybe get that chip, but uh, I guess we'll have to settle with him. I mean, either way, it seems like Vince Carter might be on his way to the Hall of Fame, so... Yeah, for that's, sure. I, that's for that. sure. For <laughs> um, sure. One of the things we actually... Uh, I kind of slipped over here, Matt, looking through the list of these free agent signings. Um, Paul Millsap quietly goes to the Denver Nuggets, three-year, $90 million deal, leaves Atlanta. Um, mm-hmm. Atlanta didn't even make him an offer, he said. Yeah. He came out to the press and he said that they uh they were said that we're going in a different route and I think Go it's a, a yeah <laughs> it's a really good fit. Um, Jokic is probably one of the least talked about best players in the NBA. Agreed. If you if you're not a hardcore NBA fan, I mean Denver hasn't been that good. Uh, they're not a big market team, but watch Jokic. He is he is something else. He's almost like a point center. He's just, the best big man passer I've seen in probably like five, six years that I can, I can think of. Um, he's a lot of fun to watch on the offensive end. And, and what I don't get is that everyone, you know, Giannis obviously has a, kind of made a name for himself, but where's the reports of, of you know, NBA execs looking at, at Jokic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's one of those things where actually, I don't know. I was going to say that, that, Denver's building towards something, um, but obviously the Bucks are too. I, I'm pretty high on Thon Maker, and I'm I'm rooting for Jabari Parker to come back from that ACL. Yes, but th- there's some good players out there in Denver. I, I think Gary Harris is a good player. Um, I I liked Nurkic too before they traded him. Moutier is a lot of potential, but he is just not panning out right now. But I think that Denver. I think that you can build around Jokic, and I think he's the type of player because he's such a good passer uh, that other superstars will want to play with. Like I think that Paul Millsap, yeah, is gonna do very well next to Jokic. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that one there. Um, speaking of waived players, Monte Ellis was waived by the Indiana Pacers, so you know he'll be on the market there. I think he's a solid guy that can go somewhere um, and kind of help a team out with some scoring. Um, especially, you know, for the, in the backcourt. Um, yeah. Him and Jamal Crawford, they're, they're speculating Jamal Crawford's going to get bought out by the, the Hawks. Those are two guys. If you're a team like Cleveland, Boston, yeah. uh, the, the Warriors, if you, if you have a legitimate shot to, to win a championship, neither of those guys have. So I think, uh, maybe those guys take a little bit less money and lead second units. I mean, those guys are those guys will definitely get buckets against second unit guys, no doubt about it. I think they Hands they've down, got yeah. some good value. Absolutely. Well, what do you think about this? Monte seems like the kind of guy at this point in his career that he might head to San Antonio. Speaking of, you know, those B list uh, free agents, um, he seems like a guy. I mean, if you think about it, you have uh, Jonathan Simmons, uh, Tony Parker, uh, Patty Mills didn't really look well in the starting role. You know, he did resign with San Antonio, but definitely more of a bench player. Uh, or a six man, so I mean Monte could come in, you know, give you a couple of starts, rest Tony Parker during the year. I mean, I yeah. can see that. I don't hate that at all. I he's it doesn't seem like that long ago he was one of those like microwave microwave scorer types. I mean, when he's 
he was scoring a ton of points when he was yes. on Golden State. But that doesn't it doesn't feel like that long ago. He's only thirty two, I think. Yeah, I believe so. Yes. He, yeah, he's, he's not. He's not that old. Yeah, he's really not. I think he's probably got something left in the tank. I think he's he could still score the ball. Uh, the great thing is he can get his own shot. Uh, I mean, he played well, you know, for uh, the Mavericks in that short time he w- w- was with them. And that's that was kind of considered, you know, a time where he was a little, uh, you know, on, on the downfall uh, for some people. Uh, spent a few year, a couple of years in Indiana here, um, you know, just kind of looking through uh, his year at Indiana. I mean, you know, obviously some career lows, eight point, you know, five points per game. Um didn't really start much either, you know, 3.2 assists per game. Uh, so he probably had one of his worst years in his career. Uh, only played 74 games, you know, started 33 of those. So he wasn't really the main guy out in Indiana anymore, and it was more or less Jeff Teague running the show there. So um, I think it's going to only have a bigger opportunity just because of looking at their guard play. They kind of need help in that backcourt. Yeah, no, I think he's. I think he'd be a good fit there. And him, Rudy Gay, it's... They got a lot of young guys in that backcourt, but I think he's he's more of a proven quality or proven commodity, excuse me, for uh, for someone like Pop. Yeah, and what's tough about him is that he was suspended the first five games of the season next year, uh, violating terms of the league's anti-drug program. So, um, I think that's one of the uh, things that some teams, you know, will look look at, kind of stay away, depending on the personnel and culture they're trying to build. So, uh, you know, best of luck to Monte there. Um, Matt, getting into kind of just rounding out here our show, uh, just kind of touching a little bit on the Port- the Paul George deal. Uh, we talked a lot about Boston, uh, him going there. It's been L.A., but you know the eve of uh, the last hour before free agency opened up, this trade kind of went down late Friday night. Uh, so Paul George was uh, traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Demontis Sabonis and Victor Oladipo. Now, mm-hmm. Matt, these are the same two players. Last season that my Magic traded for Serge Ibaka. <laughs> no picks. It was a straight-up swap. Uh, interestingly enough, the contracts match. Because Oladipo's contract extension kicked in, so, you know, Paul George, Victor Oladipo's contracts, they all kind of worked out. Uh, just that jump in salary. This is what it's doing. This is part of the impact that that salary jump has made, uh, you know, done to the league right now. Uh, so that's one of the little caveats about uh, this deal. Um, a lot of people looking around and saying, that's all you got for Paul George. A hundred percent agree. I could not. Ag- <laughs> uh, Kevin Pritchard, not, not taking over for Larry Bird and not, not doing great to start. I mean, I get, I get the premise. Um, I was listening to the Woj interview about it and he said it was one of those things where, uh, they had a couple offers on the table, but uh, a team like Oklahoma City is going to go to them. They're going to go to the pace, and they're going to go. Listen, this is we'll give you Sabonis, and we'll give you Oladipo. You have 24 hours to let us know yes or no. Yeah. And I guess at that point, uh, the Pacers went to the Celtics, um, and they said, "Listen, this is what we have on the table. Um, can you make a better offer for Paul George?" And the Celtics were like. Uh, well, we, we're going to wait it out for Gordon Hayward because if we're going to get Hayward, we're going to need to do that first before we make a run at Paul George just to make the salary the salary work. But uh, supposedly the deal on the table was Marcus Smart, Jay Crowder, and three first-round picks. Um, it sounds like it was the Memphis pick, the 
Clippers pick and right. they didn't release what the third one was. So it wasn't, it wasn't going to be a Nets pick or that Lakers pick next year, but I still think that's a package that um, is significantly better than what Oklahoma city offered. But you, I guess you can't fault Kevin Pritchard for not wanting to, to deal with Danny age exclusively. If Oklahoma city's offer is going to be off the table at that point. Right. Right. No, that's was great insight there. Well, you know, what would happen? And I mean, Looking at how it went out with just these two guys, no picks, you know, straightforward. Um, that's the that's the crazy part. You, to yeah, me. you kind of yeah. question like, hey, you had all these suitors and, and media. Paul George is gonna go with LA. Paul George, Boston. Um, you know, we'll, we'll touch here in Boston in just a second. But you know, kind of how it goes hand in hand. Uh, but just to kind of stick, you know, stick on the topic of Oklahoma City now. Uh, you you add. An elite score next to Russell Westbrook again. Um, you know, I still think KD is a better player, but Paul George is is one of the best scorers and small forwards. Um, you know, in in this league, uh, yeah. similar games. You know, they can shoot over. Uh, you know, defenders. They can get hot. Uh, they can knock down some of these long range threes that we've seen. Uh, Paul George knock down. Um, a similar player. I one of the things it does for Oklahoma City next year, it allows Westbrook to sit on the bench, uh, yeah, be able to keep a lead. Um, he know. looked gassed at the end of the year. Yes, I think that that's the important part. And the flip side, it's a rental. It's a rental for OKC. So now we're looking at Paul George potentially walking away next year. The risk that Oklahoma City is taking, um, and I think that that'll be definitely interesting. Uh, to see how that's going to start to play out towards the end of the season. Or or maybe they're like, hey, you know, we'll try this out. If it doesn't work, we have a trade chip for the uh, you know, trade deadline next February. And yeah, you know, no. OKC can, can get a few pieces to kind of send around Westbrook. I agree. And the, the I think the beautiful thing about it is they got to get out from the Oladipo contract. Because at the end of this year... Um, Westbrook and Paul George will be free agents. And Westbrook, he's a California kid. Uh, he might say, hey, maybe I want to go out to L.A. and play for the Clippers or the Lakers. And now they're in, now if he does happen to leave, obviously that'd be, that'd be tough for that franchise. But now they're not stuck with a big contract like Oladipo and they can start, start over totally from scratch. So kind of a, lot, a little bit of a hidden point that a lot of people haven't, haven't appreciated is that Oklahoma City has given themselves a great fallback plan just in case disaster strikes and Paul George and Russell Westbrook aren't there next season. Yep. That's definitely, it's good, definitely good insight. Um, yep. That, that old depot contract, very ugly and considering, uh, I mean, uh, I was a fan just being him, him being Orlando, but uh, he just hasn't think he's out a good, either. He, he's a good player. He's not a $22 million a year player. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and I mean, hopefully being in, in a city he's familiar with, um, you know, with the college of Indiana, uh, hopefully that kind of revives him a little bit there. Um, I think he'll be one of the centerpieces there for them. Obviously not much there. You have Miles Turner, but in that backcourt, you know, he's kind of without Big Jeff Miles Teague, Turner fan. Yeah. Without Jeff Teague there, you know, Oladipo is kind of like your ne- next best bet in the backcourt. So, um, yeah, you know, hopefully, hopefully he, he well wishes to him there. Um, what do you think that the ceiling is for that OKC team? Uh, I'm going. I'm going 55 games max. Um, uh-huh. You know, between 50 and 55 games, just like you said, the West has gotten better. Um, I, I, I'm a big Russ fan. I, I love, I love the Thunder. You know, I love KD, but you know, I'm a big Russ fan. I like, I love the city, love the atmosphere in the arena. Uh, I want to see nothing but the best for that. You know, for them. 
I think that they're 55 games max. Um, they probably we'll, we can consider them top four out west right now. Um, I, just to kind of see where we're at right now in, in the Western Conference. You know, should anybody regress out west? Obviously, Utah might just a little bit. Um, contenders, uh, it, it's it's borderline. It's like they're a watered down version of what they were when KD was there. Right, right. It's it's so borderline. I mean, you know, Paul George brings a huge, you know, void for you know, next to Westbrook that he didn't have this season. And um, I don't know. We have to kind of see it. It looks good on paper. I will say that. We'll definitely have to see it though. I, looking at how great the Warriors are, though, that that matchup for next season will will be fun to watch. I'll say that. <laughs> um, it's, hands it's down. It's funny. I think that I think that a lot of people when. Um, when Houston made that trade, they're like, "There's only one ball for for Chris Paul and and uh, James Harden to right. share." But I don't know who who do you think likes the ball in their hand more between that pair? Right? Because Russ and Paul George are both guys who who want the ball in their hands at all time. I mean, Paul George even called that his teammates in a playoff game for him not getting the last shot. So yeah, it's I think that's going to work out. I it, that's and that's the next like question mark that I have for this team is that it's going to have attention on Russell Westbrook as a player. Um, and should Paul George bolt, you know, let's say this plays out to the end of the season, he bolts and, and he says a few things are Westbrook or let's say we get in a conflict. I mean, I'm, I'm going to put some money down. This. How about this? You know, maybe once or twice in the year, we're going to have this whole you know fiasco about <laughs> should Russell Westbrook passed off to Paul George. You know, I I think that's not a good look for his career. Um, but maybe one or two games we're gonna have maybe those questionable, hey, you know, Westbrook trying to do too much. You have Paul George on the team. It might prove a point that, you know, maybe something about Westbrook's career. Now we see why Katie, why now we see why KD left. So Yeah. Yeah. So you think Russ is one and and uh Paul George is two for sure though in the pecking order? I, I think that Right now, it has to be that way just because you have you have the the MVP trophy in your hand. Uh, you led the team for you know all of your career. You're you're about what nine seasons in at that point. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think Paul George will kind of have to understand that too. I mean, he spent his time and tenure in Indiana. You're coming to a new city, a new team, someone who, a city that embraces Westbrook as their hero at this point. So um, I, I think that you kind of have to take the back seat there, but. You know, just go out and play the game. Let 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 your game speak, and and let the fans embrace you, and kind of move forward with that with that part there. But yeah, I think it's yeah. Russ's team for for sure at this point. Mister Triple Double MVP. You know why not? <laughs> I'll say that why not. It'll definitely be fun to watch. For sure. Um. Yeah. Looking down here, man. Just to kind of end out with the uh, show here today, Matt. We'll get into your Boston Celtics. So they, the, one of the biggest free agents, was. Gordon Hayward, um, <laughs> and, and we we get the feeling that Gordon Hayward was pretty much their their guy they wanted. Um, yeah, after, he after was the he was definitely choice one. I think he was if they could have picked between Jimmy Butler, Paul George, and Gordon Hayward, they were picking Gordon Hayward. And um, I think a lot of that has to do with the Brad Stevens connection, but it just kind of seemed like he was their guy all the way. Yeah, hands down. I mean, he even said it in the letter in the, that he wrote out in the Players Tribune that. Um, you know, 
there's pretty much the reason why I'm here in Boston, right? Why I picked Boston, and you know, it was Brad Stevens. It was something they talked about in you know, Butler, um, and there's unfinished business in the NBA now. So, you know, relationships are key, man. And uh, I mean, they they were a great duo. Um, I'm glad to see them. You know, see that back here in the NBA. But uh, you know, getting Hayward here, do you feel you know e- even you know as a Boston Celtic fan, you know, just looking at the league overall too, you know little bit mix and match here of feelings for you i'm sure but do you think that kind of puts them over the top now in the east or is it good enough to compete with golden state um it's it's one of those things where the the celtics have always matched up better with golden state than they have with the Cavs, just because uh they have so many good perimeter defenders they've had i mean avery bradley can give anyone fits i'm i'm sure that steph curry will will let you know that if you were to if you were to ask him and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Marcus Smart is just relentless. Jay Crowder's tough on, on that end. So that they match up really well with, with the Warriors. Um, obviously, there's no matchup really for KD anywhere in the league. But the Cavs just punish them on the offensive boards. Like Tristan Thompson, every time he plays the Celtics, is just I'm sure his eyes light up because I swear to God, he's the best player on the floor after LeBron James every time they play. It's, it's like unbearable to watch him bring down rebound after rebound on the offensive end. So I, I think that they're, when they play Golden State in the, uh, in the regular season, those will be good games. But I don't know if it's enough to, to push them past the Cavs in a seven-game series in the East just because they still have those, those question marks, especially rebounding. Uh, I, I feel that, yeah, there's still probably one more piece out there. There's still some kind of um, second fiddle in a sense that you know, Boston will kind of play to Golden State. Uh, and, and, and honestly, it's not that easy to say, yeah, we're going to get the, get get one guy and bring him here and we're better than Golden State. Um, but, you know, the team is going to have that team competing. I, lo- I love the fact of the, the youth and the perimeter size they have. Although, mm-hmm. you know, reports have it that you, know, you guys are openly shopping Bradley, um, Jay Carter, yeah. Marcus Smart. Um, would love to go. see, I would love to see Bradley stay there. Um, I'm, I'm a big Bradley fan. I like to see Avery Bradley stay there. I think he fits there. Um, definitely a good defender. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, we get Gordon Hayward, you know, is announcing this, and we kind of forget Jason Tatum, by the way, is playing in the summer league. He uh, looks good. Hey, really he's good. pretty good. I, I His first bucket was that slam um, on the Sixers in the summer league, and I'm excited to see him. And a lot of people you know, kind of forget about that. You know, we're, we're talking about Gordon Hayward and how good they're going to be, but you know, Tatum, Tatum's sitting there on the back burner and chilling on summer league saying, yo, what's up? He looks I'm here. Really, he looks, he looks like Paul Pierce two point. I don't want to jinx him, but um, he looks like Paul Pierce, Pierce jr. Out there. It's, it's awesome to watch. Yeah. I, I'm a fan first and foremost, because he's a Duke player. Uh, and then second, you know, I, he's a guy I wish the magic, you know, draft a little higher to grab in the first place. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I really like his game and what what he's doing in the summer league so far. So, you know, shout out to Danny Ainge. I you know I would, I like I like what's going on. Um, and the thing is, look, if you want to go after your guy and get him, you got him. If it's if it was Gordon Hayward, now you know. Let's say here's the question: If we get Jimmy Butler, you get Jimmy Butler, right? You gave up some assets. You trade away some yeah. pieces. You had to. Same thing with mm-hmm. Paul George. You had to trade away some pieces. Yeah. I'm not mad at Danny Ainge whatsoever. What did you do right now? You got better. You even gave up your number one pick and said, hey, I gave up my number one pick. And I might have gotten better, too, doing that because 
I just have a guy that star potential. I mean, we don't know. It's yeah. too early to tell, but Tatum could be the man of this draft. Yeah, you, you don't know. He, I'm actually watching the summer games, leagues games. He just hit one of those uh, step back off foot, off foot uh, kind of long twos, a la Dirk Nowitzki. It was it was beautiful. He is he is the guy's something ready. else to watch. Yeah, the guy's ready. You know, Fultz could could be the man too. But I mean, those three, four, five top picks could be all be great players. You know, we could be looking at a very solid draft. Yeah, I I was just thinking that I think that this draft. Because they, the Celtics and the Sixers played each other the first, uh, the first game of this offseason, and it was, I, it was unbelievable. Fultz looked awesome. He had three. He like pinned two blocks off the backboard. And he, if you are a Sixers fan, do not worry about what anyone told you about him defensively in college because he is going to be a stud. He is. He looks great. Tatum looks like he can score on anybody. Uh, obviously, these aren't NBA stars, so we'll see how that translates. But. I think this draft is going to be a very strong draft as a as a whole class. Yeah, and I agree. And here here is his averages. You know, Tatum's averages first first two summer league games. Summer league, granted, twenty two points per game, eight rebounds per game, two point five assists per game, um, shooting fifty percent from the field, eighty um, percent from the free throw line, and twenty five percent two of eight from the three point line. Obviously, something that you know he'll work on. But if, look, man, Tatum, you get Tatum. You gave up the number one pick. It's almost like you were kind of trolling the league. Say, hey, we're going to take the number three pick. Then you go ahead and you don't risk the rental of Paul George, first of all. So Paul mm-hmm. George wasn't going to commit to you long term. You're not risking that. That's fine. He could have bowled to L.A. Ironically enough, go from east to west. You're letting the yeah. OKC deal with that. Now you have potential star you know, in, in Jason Tatum. You also have a young core that's still in place. So your Drake Crowder, your Avery Bradley, your Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown is still there. These are the same guys that got your number one seed in the Eastern Conference. The same exact guys that got you as far as the Eastern Conference Finals. The same guys that won you a game without Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, that was that was unbelievable. And uh, you know, here's here's an interesting thing about this, Matt, is that everybody on the Boston Celtics salary wise made $8 million or less this season. The only guy that made double figures was Al Horford at $27 million. Yeah. So you're not overspending on anybody talent-wise here. Um, you know, you just put an article about, you know, Jay Crowder's contract, 7 mil for his skill set. So crazy. He's locked into that for about three years. So you're not overpaying him in a sense. The the, the whole ca- yeah. salary cap increase in effect. None, none of these Celtics players. Danny Ainge is doing something great here and i'm not mad at him if he slowly wants to brew and take his time and be patient now yeah. nick uh right of fs1 sports is, hates danny Ainge. yeah well nick nick wright <laughs> is nick wright is not who i'd go to on basketball I well, don't nick know wright's my boy first of all i'll say oh, that nick wright's oh, my boy man. but we're gonna disagree with nick wright today yeah i i absolutely, I absolutely like what danny Ainge is doing and i've said this before look this is going to be a time in the NBA where you know if you're not good enough to be the Golden State Warriors, which is a very, very difficult task to do. Mm-hmm. Builds for the future. And it's not like Danny's punting now. This team is a good team. Yes. And he's doing it without without sacrificing the future. The joke the joke yes. right now on Boston Sports Radio is they're, they're going, oh, we got a big three. What should we name them? One of the running jokes is we'll call them the bridge three because they're saying the real big three is going to be Jalen Brown, who looked unbelievable he looked like 
a, a miniature LeBron in that first summer league game. He's just too good to be playing summer league at this point in year two. Yeah. Jason Tatum and the 2018 Nets pick, who could, which could possibly <laughs> be a top three pick. I mean, that's what people around here are thinking is going to be the their real shot about winning a championship is they're going to build it through the draft and these kids are going to come up in a winning culture. And when they're in their primes in three, four years, I mean, Isaiah will be 31. Al will be a little bit older. He'll be like 34. And, but um, Gordon Hayward will only be like 30. So it's not like those guys aren't going to be able to play anymore. Those guys will still be very, very good players when these guys are are entering their primes. Yeah, and by, and by the way, we, so we really haven't announced, you know, or talked about Gordon Hayward just being an addition. But, you know, by the way, Al Horford, he will be paid for next season. Um for the next two seasons, actually. So 28 in next season, 30 in that season after. So you're not going to have him for, you know, four or five years down the road. It's only three, two more years you're going to have to pay the guy. Um, And in that time frame, he's still going to be, you know, kind of in his prime, probably about 35, yeah. I believe, and still being able to compete out in the Eastern Conference. And he's not a guy who relies on a ton of athleticism. So his right. his game should age fairly well. I don't think he's going to be a guy who just falls off a cliff at 31 or 32. Right. Now, the only thing you're going to have a dilemma is, is next season. Uh, Avery Bradley, if you they do decide, decide to keep him, will be a free agent. Um, Isaiah mm-hmm. Thomas is going to be a free agent. So, mm-hmm. you know, you know, do you give either or Max or are they in a situation? Do they adapt to the Golden State culture and say, hey, listen, we're here. We're going to work through the contracts. We're going to keep this team intact. Uh, Gordon Hayward's here. He's going to be locked into his hopefully Max deal. Um, and then you'll be able to still have Tatum ruin, but also not beyond just Tatum. Um, you know, the potential of trading him, you know, yeah, you have still have Jalen Brown. So, but you know, maybe there is a few trade chips and Danny Ainge says, okay, I think the time is now I patiently waited. I'm going to go hit the button and here goes the trade. So I, I don't, I don't fault them at all. I don't see the Celtics really taking that next step, but I mean, they're good enough to take number one seat out. Out east, they could dethrone the Cavaliers because guess what, man? Who, who did the, what did the Cavaliers do this season so far? Nothing. They got older. They got older. They didn't get better. The Celtics. No, got they, better. all they did was get older. I mean, what, that was the thing. Is I was having this conversation. I do think the Cavs are still the better team, but when you look at the Cavs, especially on the bench, I mean, I don't think LeBron's going to age that much. I think it's only. I think he'll still be the best player in the league. But J.R. Smith, another year older. Channing Fry, another year older. He's going to be what thirty six or thirty seven. Uh, Richard Jefferson is already old. He's just going to continue to get older. Who knows what they're going to do with Darren Williams? Probably not bring him back. He wasn't great, but older. The the bench there is is an older group. Kyle Korver, who they just resigned for three years, is is older. I mean, there's a reason that guys, other than the reports that they were going to underpay Chauncey Billups, that guys aren't jumping at that job, that G- open GM job. This team is not set up to to succeed in the future past the next few years. And if LeBron chooses to stay. Yeah, they're abs- absolutely stuck. And, and that's another point, you know, I mean, the, the East for the, the Celtics at this point could, could be wide open. It could be theirs for, for the taking. Um, so in the meantime, you know, you did it with building up through draft picks. Uh, you won. Uh, you were basically fortunate to get that Nets number one pick in a sense. Oh my God. Um, that was, that was, all, that was, part of it was just being able to be skilled and trade for it, right? I mean, yeah, Danny Ainge, you made, you made the move. You got Danny your guy. Ainge made a great move when we got lucky. Yeah, you got your guy, Gordon Hayward. Uh, you reunited him with his college coach. I mean, the pieces are falling together. I mean, like I said, the biggest concern is next season when you, if you keep Bradley, if you have Thomas, 
you know, what are the con- contract situations with them? You know, there's they're going to be obviously wanting to get paid at some point. Um, but they're building they for long term. They have the bird rights on those guys, so they can go over the cap for those guys. Yeah, but it is they're going to be in the luxury tax for sure. Yeah. I think that you you ha- absolutely have to keep you have to keep Bradley because he's tw- he's only 26 and he's getting better. I think that the guy who get, ends up getting squeezed out is probably Marcus Smart, and I think that Jay Crowder is going to end up going in a sign and trade to Utah realistically, just because. They have so many small forwards, but it, I think that by the time that all those contracts run up, Jay Crowder and Marcus Smart are probably going to be playing in other uniforms. No, I, I agree with that. And it's it's just because they're expendable. And Gordon Hayward, again, is another scorer on the team that is able to take some of that attention off Isaiah Thomas. So now, you know, the gates might open up a little bit for Isaiah Thomas, which is nice. Uh, so that's what the impact might be directly, you know, by for like a guy like Gordon Hayward getting there. Uh, but again, they're building for long term sustainability. And, and I said this: look, in this league now, you know, why not? Why not do it that way? Why not dominate decades? Um, you know, whether you exactly. do, why? Whether you might have to take a couple of pieces, draft picks, and kind of grow them together, um, or you know, maybe wait out for a free agent here and there, um. Why not? The guy, the guy that they say everyone in in who's close to the Celtics say the guy that that Danny Ainge is in love with is is Anthony Davis, and if you're the Celtics, the only way you're beating a, a team like the Warriors realistically in a seven game series is if you have a guy like that who's a top five NBA player, and you have the assets in the team right now. Obviously, the cap you have to do some do some make some numbers work interesting with the cap, but if you were to go to to the Pelicans with a with an offer like maybe the Nets pick, the Lakers pick, um, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, whatever, and you could throw in. I mean, they've like they have a ton of draft picks. They've got that Clippers pick. They've got other young players like Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier. You could throw the other small forward in there too. I mean, I think you at least have the tools to listen that that will demand that the Pelicans listen to you. And I think that's kind of a a vote of confidence in Danny Ainge because Danny Ainge has still, as time's gone on and those Nets assets have slowly gone away as they've used those pick, he still has the assets to get that type of deal done. Yes, uh, yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I was growing a little weary, but honestly, looking at this overall big picture, I'm, 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 I'm back, back, back with Danny Ainge 100%. I mean, <laughs> whatever yeah. whatever Nick Wright says, I don't care. I <laughs> Danny Ray and Danny Ainge is doing doing what a, a lot of these other GMs and and you know team personnel needs to kind of be able to do in this league and, and grow these franchises and young players and, and just be patient sometimes. It, you know, patience is a virtue, yeah. you know, as my mom always says. But uh, no, man, I I'm I'm on board. Shout out Danny Ainge. Um, exciting times in Boston to be a Celtic fan, of course, no doubt. Um, but that that's that wraps up about this uh, free agency episode for us here. Um, I'm sure we'll have lots more to talk about here in the next week and as the end of the month gets on and the NBA slowly goes away for football season until October. But um, we are here with a brand new podcast, Shooter Pass Podcast, based out of baseline times. Uh, Matt is on the first episode with me. Uh, thank you again, my friend, for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. And um, as we always do in every single podcast, uh, shout outs. Any shout outs for you today, Matt? Uh, I'm going to give a, a big shout out to Brad Stevens because 
as much as I want to give Danny Ainge credit, this is this is Brad Stevens is the Celtics getting Gordon Hayward, like getting getting Al Horford last summer was nice, but Gordon Hayward's the biggest biggest star I've seen come to Boston by choice and free agency probably ever. So huge huge shout out to to Brad Stevens and and looking forward to next season. Awesome. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and just give a big shout out to uh just everybody on the team, man. You know, just kind of excited about baseline times. Excited about the wrestling podcast. I'm excited about uh the baseball. Uh, football season is going to come upon us here. So you know, shout out to everybody. Uh, that's going to look at our football coverage, but also um we're gonna have. I'm hoping to have an intense fantasy football league with us so we can get on the pods talk a lot of trash get on twitter oh, that'd be good. talk trash that, that's gonna be a lot of fun coming up um yeah most importantly um shout out to the whole team um it has been very quiet on the orlando magic front so um by the way actually one guy i do want to shout out i want to shout out to Derek walton jr i definitely hope the magic sign him um he's been having a pretty good summer league and um played for Michigan. Uh I think he's a great player. Played a lot of college ball. Um but I definitely hope he's a guy that makes the roster. So shout out to him for holding it down in summer league. And um that's about it guys. If you you know of course please please follow us at baseline times on Twitter. You'll find us on uh Facebook. Give us a shout, tweet us, let us know what your thoughts are and uh that's about it for me. Any uh, last minute thoughts for you, Matt? No, no, not really. Um, I'm just watching this this summer league game right now. Things are things are looking good for Jason Tatum. Yes, summer league. This is the last of basketball we'll get. Well, we do have the big three league. I but, know. Uh, I'm gonna. I can't. Have you watched any of that yet? I have not. I've seen the highlights, but um, <laughs> it is it is tough to watch your childhood heroes kind of struggle. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. I watched. I watched some of it. I don't think I'll watch it. It's just tough to watch guys like White Chocolate AI. Not really. Yeah. I, that's not the way I want to remember them. Yeah, I, that's what I hear. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll, we'll catch you on the next episode of Shooter Pass. Peace. <laughs>